Hello, and welcome to the Faith Church Podcast channel. We exist to reach people and connect them to God and others. If you would like more information about Faith Church or would like to schedule a visit sometime, visit our website at www.igotofaith.com. This podcast is made possible due to the generosity of our Faith Church family. If you would like to contribute to our ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at www.igotofaith.com and hit the giving tab. Or you can text the amount of your contribution to 84321. Both of these options will send you to a safe and secure server. Your giving is much appreciated. All right. Good morning, Faith Church. What's going on, everybody? great to see our Faith Church family in the house. I want to welcome everybody, uh, those who are not just Faith Church family, but if you're our guest this morning, we're glad that you're here. And uh, for those who are watching online, man, thanks for tuning in. My name is Steve Husky. I'm the lead pastor. And this morning, we're continuing a series we started several weeks ago entitled Prescribed. Everybody shout that, Prescribed. What we find out in life is, and we all know this, that when you get sick, you go to a doctor, you go to a medical health professional, and they not only just diagnose you, what's wrong with you, but they'll give you some kind of prescription, what it is you need to do, what medication you need to take in order to get to the other side of your sickness. And what we find out is Jesus plays a very similar role in life, that where he maybe doesn't diagnose physical diseases, though he is a healer, he garners the title of the great physician, that he's able to deal with every issue in life. In fact, through this series, we've been talking about diseases of the heart, issues that you and I face through life. And he doesn't just leave us to him. He doesn't just kind of surrender us to whatever's going on. He actually diagnoses the trouble and then prescribes the remedy to get us through. In fact, through this series, we've discovered that there are some things that Jesus has done and some things that he's prescribed. In fact, the prescription for sin we found out in week one is this incredibly aggressive action. I'd encourage you to go back and check it out. Week two, Jesus prescribes a remedy for unanswered prayer. And again, everybody prays. You don't even have to really be a Christian at some point to whisper a prayer. But as Christ followers, for people who sometimes pray or regularly pray, Jesus says, hey, there's a reason maybe you're not seeing your prayers answered. And his prescription for unanswered prayer is shameless persistence. Like, hey, just just dig in. Don't give up. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. Like, just keep beating down the door of heaven. And God promises to answer. And then last week, we found out that Jesus, what he prescribed for eternal life is this full commitment, like to be all in on Jesus. And today, I want to talk about something that if it was a physical disease, the CDC would say there's a high level of activity. In fact, it is a pandemic in our world. What I want to talk about today that Jesus addresses is an issue that every single one of us in this room we face and we deal with. But before we get there, I want to hit this verse we've talked about each week. It's this, Jesus, or James, the brother of Jesus says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. What James is saying is take your medicine. Come on, everybody say that, take your medicine. If you want to get better, you got to take your medicine. If you are willing, if I'm willing to hear what Jesus has to say, to listen to the remedy that he gives and apply it to our life, his promise is if we will humble ourselves, if we'll say, God, you know more than we do, You know more to get us out of. You know more how to deal with situations. You know more how to overcome the things we're going through. So God, if I'll listen to you, if I'll humble myself, the promise is that he will lift you up. I want everybody in this room to know something, that God makes promises that he can change lives. He can restore hopes and homes. That's who God is. But we have to be willing to hear what he has to say and apply it to our life, to take our medicine. So today... We're going to find out that Jesus deals with the tricky topic of worry. Worry. Here's the funny thing is everybody in this room, again, it is a global pandemic. It's been going on 
for years and years and years, for centuries and centuries, for millennial, people have worry. In fact, I just put out a, a, little, a little thing on social media and just asked people, hey, what's the number one thing that you're worried about in life? And I got several hundred responses, and you can look through those, and they all really come down to three things. I mean, no matter what people said, and some people colored a little bit outside and said some different things, but overall, the three main responses of things that everyday people worry about is this, personal health, personal finances, and family. Personal health, like am I, am I okay? Am I going to get diagnosed with anything? If I get diagnosed, am I going to make it through? Am I going to get to the other side? Am I going to die young? Like my dad had this disease, his dad had this disease. Am I going to get the disease? People worry about their physical health. Also, we found out people worry about money because money matters, right? Do, have I saved enough? Have I, have I put enough aside for my kid's college fund? I'm about to retire. Do I have enough in my 401k? What happens to the stock market? Like anybody in the stock market, like when it was, it was up crazy a couple weeks ago, people were losing their mind. And then when it crashed a thousand points in one day, people were losing their mind because people are worried about money. People are worried about, do I have enough to pay the electric bill? Do I have enough to make the mortgage payment this month? Like people are worried about money. Am I going to get the raise? Am I going to get the promotion? And also, we worry right now, especially, we worry about our kids. Are we teaching them enough? Are we teaching them the right things? Are, are we too involved? Are we not in, enough involved? Are, are, they, are we giving them a well-rounded education? Right now in this season with all of this, this craziness in schools and all of this, the hurt and the pain our nation is in right now, trying to navigate it, at the end of the day, regardless of what Congress does, regardless of what the president does, at the end of the day, we're worried about our kids. Are they safe? When they leave, when, they, when, when we, we're not with them, are they safe? When they're with us, are they safe? We worry about money, we worry about health, and we worry about kids. Think about it. Everyone in this room, you're worried about something. Probably in the last several days, you worried about something. You worried about something that you're going through or about to go through, or you're worried about something because you don't want to go through it because worry is a part of the human condition is something that we all deal with, is something we all struggle with. And ultimately, I would say it this way, that worry is a devotion emotion. It's a devotion emotion. When I say that, it means it reveals what you're focused on most in life. You show me what you're worried about, and it reveals to you what you care most about in life. For example, we go back to physical health. We worry about our finances. We worry about our kids. Let's talk about our kids. I don't worry about your kids. Come on, somebody. It's not that I don't want the best for them. It's not that I wouldn't be upset if, if something happened to them. But I don't lay awake thinking about your kids. I lay awake thinking about my kids. I lay awake worried about, am I going to be healthy? Am I going to be okay? Come on, somebody. And so whatever it is you're worried about, it reveals what, what you're focused on in life. And this is going to be important as we roll through this message. But again, the things you're worried about, if you're worried about your business, if you're worried about getting in school, if you're worried about your career, if you're worried about the next step, if you're worried about retirement, if you're worried about the, whatever it is you're worried about, it's because that's what you're passionate about. That's what you care about. It's a devotion emotion. It exposes what you're committed to most in life. So out of all the things there are to worry about in life, out of all the things, out of all the weight of this world that's on our shoulders and all of the opportunity that we have and certainly take advantage of to worry, Jesus comes along and says, this. This is why I tell you not to worry. Jesus steps on the scene, and you know that his first response to your worry and mine is don't. Everybody shout don't. 
Now, I just want to get right up in your chili early on because I want some of you to get a hold of this. I want you to leave change. I was praying through this week. I was praying last night. I was praying this morning that God would so radically speak to your heart that some of you would leave this place literally with a transformed heart and mind. You're going to leave worry behind, and you're going to walk into a peaceful future because this is what Jesus says. Check this out again. He says, I'm telling you not to worry. If Jesus tells us we don't have to worry, you know what that means? Worry's a choice. You don't really have to worry. Now, I know that seems odd. It seems like we should worry. It seems like there's so many opportunities to worry. It would seem like maybe we're cold-hearted or not compassionate to the things of this world or to our children if we don't worry. But what I want you to know today is because Jesus sets it up as a possibility, some of you ought to reach out and grab a hold of it and make a decision. I'm tired of losing sleep. I'm tired of being high anxiety. I'm tired of my high blood pressure. I'm tired of being worried about my kids, my money, my career, my future. I'm laying it all down. I want to live the life Jesus came to said I could live, that I'm going to walk in the future with peace and not for worries. Anybody want that today? Don't worry. We just have to come to the conclusion at some point Jesus is making it clear it's not a must in life. You only got to do this. It is, on the most base level, a choice to worry. A choice to worry. He goes on, he says this. He says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, Now, if you pull those three things that we talked about, our personal health, our personal finances, and our family, all of those things really surround themselves in two categories, our provision and our protection. Can I provide for myself? Can I provide for my future? Can I provide for my career? Am I going to have what I need? Am I going to have a girlfriend, boyfriend, spouse, business, and protection? Are we going to be okay? Are we going to make it through the market? Is is things going to collapse? Are are we going to be healthy? Notice Jesus just is so crazy. This is 2,000 years ago, and Jesus is dealing with people that have the same issue that we have 2,000 years later on the other side of the world. Things don't change. 2,000 years ago, you know what people were worried about? Provision and protection. 2,000 years later, you know what we're worried about? Come on, everybody. Provision and protection. And Jesus steps up, and he says, hey, don't worry about everyday life. What's everyday life? Whether you have enough food or drink, provision, and enough clothes to wear, your protection, And then he says this, and you're going to see this through this conversation, that Jesus, as he tries to walk us through the possibility of living a life without worry, he lets us entertain the possibility of what it's like to live with it. Like, if you want to live with it, you can live with it. If you want to kind of walk through life with a bunch of worry and a bunch of stress and anxiety, you can do it. But I want you to notice, he kind of lays it out. He almost makes us feel foolish. Challenged at least. Notice what he says here. He says, isn't your life more than food and your body more than clothing? See, here's what worry does. Worry is like this dark, it's like a dark shroud that we can't see past. Like when we worry about the potential of something happening, when we visualize that thing or we worry about that, like we can't see past it. We can't see a future beyond the possibility of our worry. If we think about our kids, what would happen if our kids, like for us, if something like life's over, if our 401k, if, it, if, if, if the stock market crashes and you lose every dime you have for your retirement, like, like life's over. If I don't get in the school of my choice, like life can't go on. If I don't pass this test, if, if I don't find that significant somebody, if the business doesn't get off the ground, like everything we worry about it, we see life, we can't see beyond the potential of the worry. And you know what Jesus is saying? 
Jesus is saying, this is so big. Jesus is saying life is bigger than the thing you're putting your hope and your trust in. Life is bigger than the thing you're worried about. He's saying, think about it. If your worst fear comes to pass, life goes on. What I want to tell everybody today is life, there is life on the other side of your biggest fear. I'm telling you, no matter what you go through, listen to me. The things you and I worry about have happened to people every day for thousands of years, and life went on. Some of you better get a hold of this because you're thinking, man, my life is over. If this happens or this doesn't happen, I can't go on. Listen, people have lost everything they own in the stock market, and they woke up the next day. People have gone through difficult situations, and the sun still rose. I'm telling you, people have gone through difficulties. They've gone through diagnosis. They've gone through tragedy. Things have not worked out the the way they thought. They didn't get the grade they wanted. They didn't get in the school they wanted. They didn't get the date they wanted, but Jesus is still the king. He still has a plan. He still has a purpose, and he's still alive. If things don't work out the way you think, here's what Jesus is saying. Listen, go ahead and worry. If you think it'll help you, go ahead and worry. But listen, in all of your worrying, listen, does that mean life's over? No, your life is more than your money. It's more than your health. It's more than your diagnosis. People have suffered everything you're worried about, but life has gone on because God is still on the throne. Come on. And see, if you want to worry, worry, but life's still going to happen. And then he says this. I love it. Look at the birds. This is his prescription for worry. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. How do I get through worry? He says, go ahead and look at the birds. What? What? What do you mean look at the birds? Check this out. He says, they don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And then he asks this rhetorical question, aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Here's what he's saying. He's saying, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Worry is the result of an insufficient solution. That's where worry comes from. Because we look at a problem and then we ask ourselves, how are we going to fix the problem? How are we going to avoid the sickness? How are we going to pay the bills? How am I going to get into school? How am I going to find someone to love me the rest of my life? How am I going to get to the other side? How is my business going to take off? How, am I, how are my kids going to be okay? And I want you to know something. When we look at it, the problem, Jesus is okay with you being concerned with your kids. He's okay with us being concerned about money. Money makes the world go round. Let's just be honest. Our kids are valuable to us. Our health matters. It's not that Jesus has a problem. The problem isn't what you're focused on. That's not the worry. The worry isn't your kids. The worry's not your money. The worry's not your health. Where worry comes in is you're looking at the wrong solution. You're looking at you as the solution, and we're not the solution because we are insufficient. Listen to what I'm telling you. Listen, you can do everything you can. You can save money. You can stuff dimes away. You can stick money in a sock and bury it in a mason jar in the backyard. You can get the best money manager in the world, and you can have them put money in the right stocks. You can have them get the right bond. But I'm telling you, you cannot control the global economy, whether it crashes or whether it rises. You can love your kids, teach your kids, spend time with your kids. You can have game night every week. You can have dinner at the table every But I'm t- at the end of the day, this is bad news. I know we don't want to hear this. You cannot buy yourself stop a shooter from walking on a campus and taking out your kids. I know nobody wants to hear that this morning, but the problem is the reason we're worried is because we're looking at ourselves and we're worried because we know we can't control our kids. We know we can't control the economy. We know we, you can eat the best. Listen to me. I wish somebody would make up their minds. Does it cause cancer or not? Eggs, are they good for me or not? <laughs> Come on, somebody. Eat eggs. Don't eat eggs. Well, which is it? Chicken. Eat eggs or eat chicken or don't eat chicken. Which is it? 
is bad for you. Everything will give you cancer. I've decided I'm eating whatever I want because it all gives you cancer anyways. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I might get it quicker than most, but... <laughs> Listen, again, Jesus is saying, here's the thing, worry. I, I didn't say this. Worry, the word worry literally means it comes from the root word distraction. When Jesus says, do not worry, other translations says, do not be anxious. Other translations says, give no thought for. What he's saying is when you are worried, you're worried because you're distracted. You're focusing on the wrong thing. And so what Jesus is doing through this teaching is he's trying to get focus off of us. We keep looking in the mirror saying, I've got to protect my kids. I've got to save my kids. I've got to pay the bills. I've got to take care of life. I've got to make sure I'm healthy. And at the end of the day, you can't protect your kids. You can't make sure you're healthy and you can't do anything about your money. There's things you need to do. Jesus is not teaching fatalism. He's not saying just give up on life. You have no responsibility. We have responsibility to love our kids, to raise them. Teach them right for wrong. Teach them morals. We have responsibility to save money, to be tithers and givers, to be aware that one day you're going to retire, you need to start putting something away. We have responsibility to eat healthy, to work out, to try to take care of yourselves. But when you've done all you can do, at the end of the day, things can still change. What Jesus is saying, listen, is do all you can do and then trust God to do what you can't do. Birds, come on, somebody. Everybody stop. Look at the birds. He's saying, look at the birds. Get the focus off you. Birds don't wake up in the morning like. <laughs> like birds are out whistling. Listen, birds can't make berries grow on trees and can't make bugs come out of the ground. But he's saying, you know what? Every day birds wake up and they don't focus on themselves. They're taken care of by God. And he's saying, listen, what you need to know is this is the first time Jesus introduces the topic of God not being God in heaven, not being El Shaddai, not being Jehovah, not being a shepherd. This is the first time Jesus introduces this idea that God is our heavenly father. And he's saying, listen to me, if, that, if God will take care of the birds, aren't you far more valuable to God than a bird is? Now, let me, I know we live in a PETA day where, where chickens are important, and they are. But let's just be clear. If you love animals, we ought to take care of the ecology of this world. But so you and I are on the same page. You are the only thing in all of God's creation that's made in his image. And if you're not sure, let me answer the rhetorical question for you. You're more valuable than a seal, a whale, a penguin. You're more valuable because you are God's creation. You are made in his image. Everything else he made by his word. He made you by, the hand, by his hands and the dust of his ground. You are more valuable than a bird. And if God takes care of birds, God will take care of you too. So you say, man, I know you're worried. Go ahead and worry if you want to. But life's more than that. All the stuff you're worried about, life's bigger than those things. Life will go on. Life continues. There's life on the other side of your biggest fear. He pulls back and he's trying to get us to shift our focus off of ourselves. We're worried because we recognize, whether we admit it or not, that we are insufficient to control health, control life, control money, control kids. This world is out of control. And you can be a control freak and you can't control it. You can try to manage every detail of life and there are details that will slip through the power and potential of your hands. And so then Jesus pulls back. He's trying to get us on focus. Then he comes back and he's like, for all of you that still want to worry, then he asks this question. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? 
For all of us that go to, go to bed worried, wake up worrying, go, like we take lunch breaks to worry. Come on, somebody. Anybody here listen to any kind of political radio, read political stuff? I mean, it's crazy. Has anybody ever listened to Rush Limbaugh or whoever you listen to and thought, man, that was helpful. That really helped me out. That made a, I feel better now. No. Here's what he's saying. Listen, you can worry all you want. If you want to worry, you don't have to worry. Remember, that's where we started. You, you don't have to worry. But if you want to worry, is worrying going to fix anything? You can worry yourself silly. It's not going to change anything. He's saying, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? What's the answer? Come on, church. He's saying you are, you are killing yourself, literally, with stress and anxiety and worry. And it's not changing anything. You can worry about your kids. It doesn't change the decision you're making when they're not around. You can worry about the economy, but it doesn't change what's going to happen to your dollar. You can worry about your health. Listen to me. If anything, it's only going to make it worse. Worry is futile. Listen to me what I'm telling you. Worry is like a bad stock. You can keep investing in it, and you're just going to keep losing money. Worry is like a dead end. You can turn down that road, and it will lead to nowhere every time. Worry is like a bad girlfriend. You can't get rid of her, and you keep her. She's just going to keep breaking your heart. Come on, somebody. Stop worrying. It's no good. But Jesus like, hey, if you want to worry, you can worry. Not going to fix anything. If you want to worry, you can worry. But life goes on. But there's a better option. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. But it's going to take a shift of focus. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And here it is. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Man, Jesus comes and brings it right down to the issue. And so... We're not making too many people feel too uncomfortable. Really what Jesus is saying is it's a faith issue. I would say it more practically that worry is a focus issue. It's a focus problem. Again, because what we're doing is we're seeing ourselves, and we know we're not sufficient. We know we don't have the answer. We know we don't have the solution, and therefore we worry. I'm telling you that worry is a focus issue. What Jesus is trying to introduce to us through this teaching is he's giving us something else to focus on. Instead of focusing on the insufficiency of yourself, focus on the sufficiency of your Father. Focus on the sufficiency of God. See a God who's big enough, who's able enough, that he can take care of your kids. He can take care of your health. He can take care of your situation because there are promises in his word for all of it. Stop looking at you and start looking at him, and your worry will leave. It's a faith issue. I'm just telling you, like you see this play out through Scripture over and over and over again. You see story after story after story where worry is a focus issue. All the way back in, in Numbers, we find that God makes promises to the nation of Israel. He promises them a beautiful plot of land. He tells them, man, I got a piece of property for you. All you got to do is go in and get it. He sends in, Moses sends in 12 spies. They, the 12 go in, 10 of them, you know what they see? They see an army that's too big to fight, giants that are too big to tackle, but two of them, they refuse to focus on the giants. They refuse instead to focus on the God who made the promise. Ten of them said, we can't take it. Two of them said, let's go, it's ours. It is a focus issue, whether you see yourself as the answer or you see God as the answer. 
You see the same thing happen. Gideon. Gideon is this young man. We find him in the book of Judges chapter 6. He's this young man. God wants to use him to kind of be a general to go and beat this Philistine, the nation that's fighting against God's people. He looks at himself and says, I'm not enough. I'm not big enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not well-known enough. Do you know why? He's focused on himself. The angel of the Lord comes to him and says, hey, you're focused on the wrong thing. God's with you. God's for you. God's going to fight through you and in you. Get your focus off of you and get your focus on him. And he gets up and he goes and kicks Philistine butt because he changes his focus. David, we all know the story of David and Goliath. Listen, you only got to spend five minutes in church to know that story. There's a whole army of people who refuse to go onto the battlefield because they're worried they can't overcome. But there's one young man. He's not even a soldier. He's not even a warrior. He's a shepherd. And the reason he's willing to go onto the battlefield and face the giant is because his confidence is not in himself to beat the giant. His confidence is God. He says, you're coming at me in a sword and a spear, but I come at you in the name of the Lord's armies. And listen to me, what I want you to know is, is God's called us to get our eyes off of us. As long as you see you as a solution, you will always worry. When we see God as a solution, it brings us to the place of faith where you can overcome worry, and that's what God wants us to do. Live worry-free. So worry is a focus problem. Let me, let me give you another great illustration of this. David, when David is the king of the nation of Israel, he's no longer a shepherd boy, he's now king. And 1 Chronicles chapter 21, the Bible says this. <clears throat> Satan rose up against Israel and caused David to take a census of the people of Israel. I know, right? You're like, Ann. <laughs> Satan's big game plan to take out David, some translation says he tempted him, he calls David, he tempted David basically to number the people. Like, don't you wish that was your temptation? Like, I have far bigger, I'm like, David, for real, it feels like he got out kind of easy. Like, my temptations feel a little bigger than that. Satan's big game plan against David was to tempt him to number the people. So David said to Joab and the commanders of the army, take a census of all the people of Israel from Beersheba in the south to Dan in the north, that's the entire area of Israel, and bring me a report, watch this, so I may know how many there are. You know what the temptation was about? The temptation was for David to base the success on his own strength. And so he said, I want to know how strong we are, and I'm going to equate my strength by how many soldiers I have. So go give me a count so I can know. Now here's the thing. Based on the count he got, there were only two answers. He was either going to say, there's enough and it was going to lead to pride. I got this. I can do this. I can overcome this. Or based on the number he got, he was going to be worried because he's going to say, I don't have enough. Both answers are wrong because he was depending on his own strength to overcome. And the ability for the nation of Israel to be a strong nation was never based in their military might. It was always based in the God they served. God was always their strength. And anytime you put your hope in your strength, you will always worry because you're not enough. It was another call. Come back and recognize that God is enough. He's enough. And when you start shifting your focus off of the God you serve, the only answer is worry. Anytime you feel worry, anytime you feel anxiety, anytime I'm laying awake at night and I'm wondering what's going to happen, what's going to happen to my kids, what's going to happen to my money, what's going to happen to my career, what's going to happen to my health, anytime I'm worried, I promise you it's exposing a flaw in our focus that we're seeing the wrong thing, which means this, if you take notes, you can either worry or worship. Come on, somebody. You can either worry 
I'm not going to make it. We're not going to get through. My kids aren't going to be okay. I'm going to get sick. What's going to happen to the market? What's going to happen to politics? What's going to happen to a global catastrophe? You can answer all those questions or you can start to get your words on. Father, I thank you that your word says that, God, you have given your angels charge over me. Father, I thank you that you're Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner. I thank you that you caused me to walk in victory and everything I set my hand to. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that you set a table for me in the presence of my enemies. I thank you that you're my healer. I thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. I thank you that your word says that, God, you'll meet all of my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I thank you, God, that my kids are a gift from the Lord, and God, your hands are upon them. See, man, I'm telling you, God has made all kinds of promises, and we can either choose when when the question comes, we can get in worry when we look at us, or we can get in worship by looking at God. You choose, and I choose. One will lead to peace, and the other will lead to worry. Worry or worship, you choose. Worry or worship, you choose. And I'm just telling you, listen, you cannot do both at the same time. You cannot worry when you're worshiping because you see a God who's big enough. And you cannot worship when you're worried because you're focused on the wrong thing. So don't be anxious. Don't worry. He comes on. He keeps going through this conversation. He says, so in light of this new information that you can have a new focus, not you, but ultimately God, your heavenly father. So don't worry about these things. Saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. He's saying this is how people who don't have a God think. This is, a pe- this, this is how people who don't, don't know God loves them and don't know God cares for them and don't know some of God's problems. That's how they think. But for some, and maybe that's you, and I would invite you to take the step this morning. Maybe you're new to church. Maybe you're new to spiritual things, and, and that's Okay. This is really an invitation for all of us to step across the line and put our focus on something other than ourselves. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Again, this idea that if He's our heavenly Father, then who are we? We're kids. You know, isn't it funny as you go through life, you keep wishing for the next stage? You keep wishing like when you're a kid, you can't wait to be double digits. Can't wait to be, I can't wait until I'm 10. And then you want to be 13. Can't wait till I'm a teenager. I'm 13. And then you want to be how old? 16 so you can drive. And I can't wait till I'm 18 so I graduate. What's the next one? I can't wait till I'm, yes, yeah, so you can drink. I caught all of you. That's the only reason you want to be 21. You're all busted. Y'all need to repent. Can't wait till I move out. Can't wait till I can't wait. I can't wait till I move out and I'm on my own. I can make my own decision. Then we move out, we get on our own, we start getting electric bills and car. Like I want to move back home. I couldn't wait till I was in I couldn't wait till I was in charge. Boss, I was serving under past. I mean, I honored him, I loved him, did everything he told me to do. But I wish he would just get out of the way and let me lead the church. I can do it far better than he can. Just move. Now I'm in charge. Now all the weight's on me. I just want to be an employee again. You know what I'm saying? It's like we want more, 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 and then we get it, and it's all on us. And here's, here's the deal. Again, financially, financially, one of our biggest worries is money. What if you got this week, no explanation, what if you got in the mail this week a bank statement from your bank that had a number so big you knew you had all the money you ever needed for the rest of your life? Worries subside. Worries subside when you find a solution to your struggle. 
I'm, you would stop worrying about money. Your worries would subside because you found a solution. This is what Jesus is saying. Instead of looking at a bank account, look at the God you serve as a solution for every struggle you have. Get your focus right. Put your attention on the God you say you have, on the God you say you serve. Quit allowing your attention to be pulled on you and put it on him. And that's why, and we know this verse, this verse we're about to read, but in context, it's, it's about worry, it's about focus. Here's how Jesus starts to conclude this whole conversation on worry. So seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Some translations say seek first the kingdom of God. You know what he's saying is get your focus right. Start your day focusing on your father. When you're going through a tough time, when you're trying to get into school, when you're trying to pass a test, when you're trying to figure out life, when you, when you get a doctor's report that, that you don't want, start by refocusing on the only solution this world has. Seek first. See your Father in heaven first. He's the solution that Jesus is turning us to. He says, and everything else will be added to you. And then he ends the conversation. I, I love it. He's, he's got to get the last word in. He says this, so don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. He's not promising a trouble-free life. He's promising a peace-filled life. It means in spite of sometimes what we go through, we can have hope and peace. Now let's, just, let's just go where some of you are thinking. Let's just take it down. Let's say all of the worst things you've ever imagined, the things you worry about the most. Let's imagine it all happened tragedy strikes you lose it all you lose those who's closest to you you get the doctor's report you dreaded most in life let's imagine all the things that you dread the most happening hope's not in this world anyways he's saying I may, at the end of the day I've made a way out of all of this mess you're going to have tribulation in this world but be of good cheer you can still have hope. You can still have peace if you focus on me because I've overcome the world. I promise a new beginning, a new life, a new joy. So if it all goes to hell anyways, we still have Christ. So we got to see him. So we got to see him. So for all of you that are worried, and I'm in it with you. So I think we can live a worry-free life. I think it's going to be hard. Just recalibrating our focus. Keep coming back to him. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Steve, I struggle with worry. I worry about my kids. I worry about my future. I worry about my career. I worry about my finances. If you're here and you say you currently have some worry in your life, why don't you lift your hand? It's the human condition. And Jesus invites us to something greater. So I want to pray for you. Father, God, all these things, they're out of our control. And Lord, it causes us to lose sleep. It causes us to be anxious. But I pray in Jesus' name that, Father, you'll help everyone in this room, including me, to seek first the kingdom of God, to put our eyes on a heavenly Father who loves us, who cares for us, and God, whose all these things are in your control. Lord, we choose in Jesus' name to refocus and to recalibrate our hope in you. And I pray in Jesus' name that, God, every person, God, every one of us would walk out of this place God, with the potential and the promise of peace. And I pray, God, help us to let worry go. Some of you who are, 
who are lifelong warriors. You're chronic warriors. I pray right now that the power of the Holy Spirit would come and set you free. I pray that God would deliver your heart of fear. That God would minister you peace about your kids and your future and your finances and your health. God, help us to focus on you. In Jesus' name, and everybody who agrees, said amen.